Okay, welcome everyone. Welcome back to Rounding the News, your weekly news roundup presented by Rounding the Earth. My name is Liam Sturgis and I'm your host for today. And uh, let's get the elephant out of the room, shall we? This is the shortest hair I have ever had. And I did it primarily because, as some of you may know, I've fallen slightly ill over the last couple of days. And I just have this weird rash that I needed to get a better look at. So that's why I did it. And Look, I've always had this desire to see what I would look like as Professor Xavier. Now, I didn't, I didn't do the uh, the full bald, um, but don't worry, this will grow back quicker than anybody wants. So let's jump right in. Uh, very first thing, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, everybody who has joined us over in the locals chat. Uh, Rebecca, who's listening from the road and um everybody else joining us on rumble um so let's get started here um now because i uh was under the weather um i took yesterday off a little bit or the the day before wednesday and so i didn't have as much of a chance to catch up with the news as i usually do so i figured now would be a good time uh, as good as any to revisit my examining effective altruism series we're now believe it or not on part six and uh i'll tell you right off the bat this is not the end of this series because every uh new thing that i come across every next step in this historical sequence uh unearth some new aspect to the story that i don't want to rush through and I, I say this every time and i'll continue to say it but i am happy to say we finally made it to sam bankman freed today and also i think this is a very important topic because even though this seems like yesterday's news um this really wasn't that long ago and the collapse of ftx uh, if you notice, has a lot of direct parallels to what's happening right now with the global banking system. So it's important to understand the, the players behind FTX, what went into that whole disaster, because they are some of the exact same players who are now engaging in this reset of the global banking system as it seems to be playing out. So Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start by reminding everybody that you can, no matter where you're watching, support the show on Rumble. If you want to send us a Rumble rant, it's basically a paid comment. It's a fantastic way to support the show. You can do the same on Rockfin or Odyssey if you're watching there. And I've already mentioned roundingtheearth.locals.com, where you can be part of our wonderful community of people. You can sign up for free to keep in the loop with everything we're doing. Um, and if you want to support us, you can even get a free month of premium support by using this promo code RTE March 2022. We have passed 650 members, which is absolutely fantastic and something like 120 paid supporters. So thank you all so much. It's absolutely wonderful. And that allows us to do these locals exclusive supporters only live streams, which Matthew stepped in uh, to take over. I was supposed to run one this week. 
Now, what he did was give a presentation, a two-parter, Faking History Discussions. I highly recommend you go watch it, um, become a supporter, and uh, enjoy that episode. He goes through some very interesting updates on the front of the DMED saga and a certain letter that one Senator Ron Johnson has sent. Um, but the second half of this uh, presentation was very fun. It was a look at artificial intelligence, this uh, Discord bot thing, this app, where uh, you can just load it up in Discord and generate AI art, basically. And you may have noticed this picture isn't actually a real picture. I generated this. Uh, this is <laughs> a, a, a robot's rendition of Sam Bankman-Fried, founder of FTX, who we're going to focus on today, um, at MathCamp. That was the prompt I gave this thing. And uh, this is, uh, here we go. This is a, uh, a screen cap of Matthew going through and showing some of his, um, his things he was generating. Now, um, it looks pretty real, doesn't it? So uh, the message from that video was take advantage of the tools that are going to be used to manipulate people. And uh, in this case, I hope I've created something that will <laughs> contribute to this video because uh, him going to math camp is part of the story. Now, one more thing before we get started. This is really cool. I found out yesterday that uh, about a week and a half ago, Wikispooks, which is another it, it's a wiki about uh, the deep state, so to speak, and deep politics. Well, I noticed that someone named Robin, who runs Wikispooks, um, had introduced a new feature where if you look at the top right here, oh, I'm going to have to pull off our logo for a second. If you look at the top right-hand corner of the screen, you're going to see the logo for the Campfire Wiki. And so now on Wikispooks, if there is a Campfire Wiki page, which is, of course, the wiki that Operation Uplift and Rounding the Earth, uh, we run uh, that, um, you, you, you'll now be able to link directly from Wikispooks to the Campfire Wiki page, which I thought was just absolutely awesome. Uh, it's a it's a show of of confidence, I think, in the work that we're doing on the Campfire Wiki. And there's there's about 30 of us who are on there and, you know, three or four of us who, who work really hard uh, actively on it. So I just thought that was awesome. And so uh, this is the uh, has Campfire uh, property. And there's a list of all the pages that have that so far. So I just thought that was fantastic. So go to camp. Uh, sorry. Well, campfire.wiki, as always, but also wikispooks.com. And uh, in this example, go to the Sam Bankman Freed page and you will see right up there a link to the Campfire Wiki. So I thought that was pretty cool. So let's jump right in, ladies and gentlemen, to the episode for today. So as I said, this is part six of our Examining Effective Altruism series. And we've been on a saga. In part one, we looked at William McCaskill, the mysterious Oxford young professor who started the Center for Effective Altruism and 80,000 hours and giving what we can and seems to be the face of this new revolution in, in philanthropy. And in part two, we looked at sort of this Facebook mafia that spat out Dustin Moskovitz, who went on in part three to start open philanthropy with Carrie Tuna. In part four, we looked at Peter Singer, who is this older gentleman whose family escaped from uh, the concentration camps in Germany uh, or Switzerland. Uh, I'm going to have to go double check anyway. Um, and uh, became this 
token utilitarian who influenced a lot of people in the effective altruism movement. And in part five, we looked at the parents of Sam Bankman-Fried and um, their connections to Peter Singer. Go back. If you haven't read the show notes for those or watch those videos, I highly recommend you do so. But that's where we leave ourselves is we have Sam Bankman-Fried. He was born March 6, 1992 in Stanford, California into a world informed by the ideologies, people, and organizations that I discussed at length in those previous chapters. Um, now, born into a world informed by them, that's actually quite more literal than you might think, given that he was actually born on the campus of Stanford University. A Yahoo Finance article published August 2021, characterizes the Bankman-Fried household as having been permeated by branches of moral philosophy practiced by his parents, specifically utilitarianism. I quote, in an interview, Barbara Fried says that while she herself has only been inching toward utilitarianism over her career, her husband and both of her sons have long been take-no-prisoners utilitarians. The ethical goal of utilitarians, she explains in a follow-up email, is to maximize the total well-being of the world's people, and for some, animals as well. That goal leads utilitarians to focus their efforts on helping people in the direst straits and on policy interventions that will lower the risk of existential threats to present and future generations. Does that sound familiar? This is effective altruism or rather, the version of the philosophy that predates the modern effective altruism movement. I continue to quote, When Bankman Freed was about 14, his mother says, she noticed that completely on his own, he had been reading up in this area intensively. Yes, in fact, Sam discovered the work of leading utilitarian Peter Singer, a contemporary, if not a straight-up colleague, of his mother's. So he discovered Peter's work as a teenager, with Bloomberg describing him as SBF's capitalist muse. And this is a picture from later on after SBF is now established and in the effective altruism movement, and he's having a nice Zoom call with Peter Singer. So let's talk about SBF's education. He attended Crystal Springs Upland School, described as a top Silicon Valley prep school. He registered a profile and engaged on an educational platform called The Art of Problem Solving, whose first employee was none other than Rounding the Earth's founder, Matthew Crawford. Now, this is where, as I've been researching this, we enter a very strange phase of this investigation as I tiptoe into Matthew's own history. Now, I will let him speak to his experiences, his successes and failures and ups and downs, while I focus on piecing together an understanding of this world of mathematics that we're about to go into that spawned SBF. So as you can see on the top of the screen here, that is his AOPS online profile. And below that is Matthew Crawford's AOPS wiki uh, bio. So AOPS, though, it's not just interesting because Matthew worked there. As it turns out, it is not an insignificant part of the story. The company was launched in May 2003 by a man named Richard Rusick, 
a former senior vice president at a multinational investment firm called D.E. Shaw & Co. Now, right off the bat, this gets interesting. In 2004, the National Security Agency, NSA, approached AOPS to take over the USA Mathematical Talent Search, leading to the formation of the Art of Problem Solving Foundation to run the event. Now, Matthew told me that at one point, he was on the board of the Art of Problem Solving Foundation. The new organization was later renamed to the Art of Problem Solving Initiative, and that's what you'll find if you look today. The year after that, in 2005, D.E. Shaw and Google sponsored the launch of AOPS's Worldwide Online Olympiad Training Program, or WOOT for short. Since then, WOOT sponsors have included Jane Street Capital, Susquehanna International Group, and Alameda Research, of course, the company that SBF would go on to create. In 2011, the AOPS initiative launched the Bridge to Enter Advanced Mathematics Program, or BEAM. BEAM is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, BlackRock, and Jane Street Capital, and jumping ahead a little bit, none other than SBF himself. You see him peeking out from the bottom there. Now, uh, jumping back just to set some dates here, SBF's tenure using AOPS online was February 22nd, 2009 to April 17th, 2010. So a fairly short window, but that's when he was there. Now, math camp. While in high school, SBF attended the Canada-USA math camp, described as a summer program for mathematically proficient students, where he met two future business partners, Sam Trabuco and Gary Wang. Also in attendance with the group was Gabe Bankman-Fried, Sam's brother, henceforth referred to as GBF. (laughs) So, this matchmaking five-week summer math camp is the flagship program of the Mathematics Foundation of America and has been funded in recent years by the American Mathematical Society, the National Science Foundation, which is another agency of the United States government, and Wolfram Research of Wolfram Alpha fame. Okay, now, Mira Bernstein, the foundation's executive director, at the time that Sam Bankman-Fried and his friends attended, has her own interesting connections to the Effective Altruism Network. First of all, she worked as an investigator and project manager for the Oregon Health Insurance Experiment at the National Bureau of Economic Research, an organization funded by effective altruism giant Open Philanthropy, which we should all be very familiar with by now. The project was funded by uh, by a number of government agencies, again, under the United States Department of Health and Human Services and the Social Security Administration, as well as nonprofit organizations such as the California Healthcare Foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation of Johnson and Johnson thing, Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, and the Smith Richardson Foundation. And there we go. There's the grant from Open Philanthropy to the National Bureau of Economic Research. 
Now, Bernstein then went on to work under the Center for Election Science on an electoral reform project for my very own province of British Columbia, which, as a quick sidebar, was also where the first Canada-USA math camp took place. In part three of this series, we found that the Center for Election Science had received at least two grants from Open Philanthropy, with a 2017 grant naming as principal investigator the modern grandfather or godfather of effective altruism himself, William McCaskill. Can you believe this? Holy mackerel. Now, as I noted in the previous article, McCaskill returned to advocate for the group again after this in 2018, the year of the midterm elections in the United States, on the official Effective Altruism Forum. Now, this 2018 election year is the same year and the same election cycle that saw Barbara Freed, Sam's mom, form Mind the Gap, the super PAC that channeled millions of dollars into Democratic candidates in 2018 and again in 2020, including from several employees at FTX, Planned Parenthood, and look at that, D.E. Shaw and Co. Man, these companies just keep popping up. Now, the Center for Election Science also received funding from Effective Altruism Funds, which I believe is also controlled by William McCaskill, and the FTX Foundation's Future Fund. Oh, boy. So that is who was in charge of the Canada-USA math camp at the time that Sam Bankman-Fried was there. And keep in mind, we're jumping forward and backward in time, but what we're doing is painting out a network of people who at various points have crossed over and really have always been entrenched in what would become called effective altruism. Okay, now back to Sam specifically. Upon graduating from high school, SBF has said that he suffered from a lack of direction. He claims to have literally flipped a coin to choose which university to apply to, with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology winning out over his other choice, the California Institute of Technology. He joined a fraternity at MIT called Epsilon Theta, through which he met another future FTX business partner, Adam Yedidia. Now, I'm going to read from this Yahoo News article. I hope to never be as wrong as I was in that conversation, says Adam Yadidia. He is reflecting on a chat he had with Sam Bankman-Fried, his close friend and former MIT classmate, in fall 2017. Bankman-Fried was then inviting Yadidia to join him in launching a trading firm in Berkeley, California, that would specialize in buying and selling cryptocurrencies, digital assets like Bitcoin, Ether, and Litecoin. Yadidia declined and even tried to talk Bankman-Fried out of the whole idea. I was sort of like, this crypto thing seems pretty scammy, Yadidia recalls. I was convinced it was a bubble. All right. Now, despite his initial hesitation, Yadidia joined FTX in January of 2021. But prior to such ambitions, SBF started as a freshman at MIT in 2010. He is said to have shown a passion for board games, particularly those with a time limit. And when SBF was playing, 
even games like Monopoly had to have a time limit introduced, apparently. So this is his first couple of years at MIT. Now, as mentioned earlier, SBF had already been following in his mother's footsteps in studying utilitarianism, teaching himself about it from a young age. But what we usually hear in this story is that it was a chance encounter with one William McCaskill that kickstarted his desire to apply his apply this this utilitarian concept in its modern form of effective altruism. So I just I just want to clarify this. Note that we always hear that it was this meeting that started him on the path when in reality it looks as though his his the the house he grew up in was already steeped in this. But anyway, now we we have SBF in his third year at MIT attending a presentation delivered by McCaskill on, of all things, the ethics of career choice. The irony is palpable. Now, this happened in either 2012 or 2013, depending on who you ask, depending on what your specific reference is. Now, at this time, only months prior, in October 2011, McCaskill had launched 80,000 Hours, an organization designed to offer ethical life optimization uh, advice to undergraduates. It was an offshoot of McCaskill's first effective altruism venture called Giving What We Can, and 80,000 Hours achieved charitable, charitable status in 2012 and began touring around the world to pitch their proposals for how students should choose to spend their career. You see where this is going. Now, a version of SBF's introduction to McCaskill is available still on the 80,000 Hours website. I quote, our involvement started when Sam met Will McCaskill, co-founder of the Center for Effective Altruism and 80,000 Hours in 2013. Will had just given a talk about some of the ideas behind 80,000 Hours, including the idea of having a positive impact through earning to give. That's a key concept here. As retold in an article published by FTX investor Sequoia Capital, the pair then sat down for lunch at the Au Bon Pain outside Harvard Square, where McCaskill laid out the principles of effective altruism. Instead of pursuing a job at the Humane League, working to help animals, which was the plan he was tossing around at the time, McCaskill argued that SBF could make more of an impact by harnessing his evident mathematical skills to, quote, get rich first himself and then improve the world. Or in the more diplomatic language of 80,000 Hours, I quote, Sam was undecided about what to do after graduation and became more convinced that given his quantitative skills, earning to give could be the right first step. It's funny how you can change the implications of something based on, based on the, the diplomacy of your words. From there, it is said that SBF was introduced to others interested in this path in the effective altruism community who told him about a trading firm called Jane Street Capital. Sam spent the summer of 2013 there as an intern and was then hired full-time 
upon his graduation from MIT in 2014. As we've seen, though, in, in this episode and previous ones, Jane Street was already present on the fringes of SBF's high school years through its partnerships with the art of problem solving and its, its hand in the extended math education network in which SBF came up. It co-sponsors, for example, the Math Prize for Girls at MIT and uh, also, and, and, and also uh, Art of Problem Solving. Uh, for example, competitions and organizations closely aligned with and funded by intelligence agencies like the NSA, which we saw before. And in the case of this other one, Math Counts, which is closely associated with AOPS, we have sponsors like the Department of Defense STEM office, as well as military contractors like Raytheon, BAE Systems, and Northrop Grumman. So as I'm looking at this, the more I dig in, the more I see the shape of what seems to be a mathematics, military, industrial complex. And the more curious I am, therefore, about each person and organization and every math contest and all of this involved in it. So I ask, who and what is Jane Street Capital? So let's let's do a, a quick dive. So Jane Street was founded in August 1999 by a group of gentlemen named Tim Reynolds, Rob Granieri, Mark Gernstein, Gerstein, and Michael Jenkins, all of whom are former employees of Susquehanna International Group, or SIG, minus Gerstein, who himself, he worked at IBM. In an article published by Bloomberg in 2018, the firm is described as placing an emphasis on undergraduate recruitment and puzzles using game theory to guide its trades. At the core of Jane Street's strategy and SIG before it, in fact, is something called arbitrage, which means, if I understand correctly, making riskless profits by solving market mispricings. Okay, bunch of jargon. Matthew Crawford would be able to explain this to us much better than I. But this is something that SIG was apparently famous for. And it's a skill, fast forward, that SBF allegedly used to build his initial capital for FTX by taking advantage of the price difference between the Japanese and American Bitcoin markets. And there's a bit of profit to be made in there. And that's what he did. So perhaps unsurprisingly oh oh sorry i have a fun slide here i believe this is called the what is it the um oh man oh it's got a fun name yeah anyway it's a known uh crypto arbitrage uh technique someone can remind me in the chat but he learned it at jane street it seems he didn't come up with it himself now perhaps unsurprisingly Jane Street seemed all too aware of an impending market shakeup leading into the declared COVID-19 pandemic, walking away with more than $6 billion in profit in the first half of 2020 alone. What may be surprising is how frequently Jane Street is painted as a mysterious entity that nobody's heard of. This is the headline here, the top Wall Street firm no one's heard of. This is found throughout news coverage of Jane Street over the last decade and a half or so. A February 2016 New York Times article calls the firm secretive and super shy, having spent years minting money in the shadows of Wall Street. 
Much of what Jane Street, which occupies two floors of an office building at the southern tip of Manhattan, does is not known, it says. The article did, however, highlight a few of the public-facing members of the company. One of them was Sandor Lahoski, described as standing guard over the firm's brain. Now, I recognize this name right away because Lahoski is a longtime colleague of Richard Rushick, the founder of the art of problem solving, with whom he co-wrote the first art of problem solving books that led to the founding of AOPS. He also was the official founder of the Art of Problem Solving Initiative, which was, as we saw, created after the Art of Problem Solving was tapped by our best friend, the National Security Agency, to take over its USA mathematical talent search. This was the guy. And by the way, it continues to be funded by the NSA to this day. So, wow, so Jane Street, Again, this interconnectedness of all these entities. But Jane Street seems to have been a breeding ground for young recruits into effective altruism. In previous installments of the series, we've glanced around this young man named Matt Wage, who went to work for Jane Street after studying under Peter Singer. He started at the firm in 2012. His reasoning for going to Jane Street was the same that was later applied by SBF. The quicker you can get rich, the quicker you can give most of it away. Wage is now a top donor at the Future of Life Institute, a highly effective altruism-aligned organization where other top donors are Open Philanthropy, Ethereum creator Vitalik Buterin, Elon Musk, Sam Harris, and the Silicon Valley Community Foundation, among others. And Matt Wage also claims to have been influenced by the same 80,000 hours presentation by William McCaskill. In fact, McCaskill actually credits Wage for opening the door for others in the effective altruism movement to go take jobs at Jane Street. It seems likely then that it was Wage and those who followed soon after him that paved the way for SBF to come on board as well leading McCaskill to tip him off to the opportunity. According to Tom Gill, a former Jane Street employee who worked alongside SBF and future business partner Caroline Ellison, according to him, the pair were very much into effective altruism, and a lot of people at Jane Street were, and that was typical. So it was permeated in the culture of this trading firm. It seemed to be a bit of a funnel for these young recruits. According to the New York Times, SBF built ties with more than half a dozen colleagues with similar views who later became part of the FTX universe. Ellison, of course, was one of them. She had joined the firm in 2016, right after graduating from Stanford University. SPF also bonded with a coworker named Brett Harrison, with whom he shared a passion for animal rights. He would later be hired to run the U.S.'s, uh, the, well, the U.S. division of FTX in 2021. Thus, a ragtag group of young effective altruists banded together under the exciting and risk-focused roof of Jane Street Capital. This merging of worlds 
Wall Street and philanthropy was set to take on a new face, a younger face, under the apparent leadership of Sam Bankman-Fried. So the next step of this story is FTX itself and Alameda Research. And with that part of the story, I think we're going to start to see investments in companies that are now taking over as the people who are going to fix this banking crisis. Sort of like Matthew suggested, what FTX and Alameda Research looked like was almost like a Federal Reserve and a Treasury uh, uh, replacement. But it could never have been as simple as just one attempt. Uh, it looks as though the cryptocurrency space has been a sort of simultaneously hidden in plain sight and behind the scenes attempt to rebuild the entire monetary infrastructure of the world. That's just speculation. But next time we're going to look at, as I say, the actual founding of these two companies, what they did, what was said about them, who invested in FTX and Alameda Research, who FTX and Alameda Research invested in, and then how that connects to the current crisis we're going through. Well, thank you for uh, tuning in to this sixth part of examining effective altruism. I never expected it to go this long, and I think it would be very good to uh, see sort of a, a natural ending to this. Maybe we get there next time. But in the meantime, as a reminder, go to roundingtheearth.locals.com where you can become a free member or you can sign up to support us as a premium supporter and gain access to our weekly exclusive Locals uh, live streams where we talk about fun stuff not quite ready for the public's ears. Um, thank you again to everybody who's watching on Rumble and Locals, as well as Rockfin and Odyssey. There may even be some of you watching on Facebook or CloudHub. Wherever you're watching, you are the best. You can find me at liamsturgis.com and I very much look forward to seeing you again next week for another two, maybe even three wonderful discussions with excellent people. Thank you for helping us unflatten the earth. We'll see you again shortly. Where's my outro button? There it is. Let me know what you think of the hair.